Several times over the past couple of weeks, I have found myself in conversation with my teenagers, as they have been hearing about what is happening in Afghanistan, and then coming to me with questions to help them process this. I don't know about you, but. I have been in tears as I've read the reports and heard the news, and even gotten emails from missionaries about what is happening on the ground in Afghanistan. I'm convinced that this is a moment where we, as Christians, as parents, as leaders, can allow God to work in our hearts, and then turn around and speak that into the next generation. It is the Fulfillment of seeking the Lord and then speaking Him into the lives of those entrusted to us, and so with that, we're continuing in the destination series. And this particular conversation, I've called "Destinations Passive or Prayerful." I'm going to cue the intro, and then we'll be right back to talk about this very thing. In a world filled with a lot of talk, the Family Disciple Me ministry encourages intentional, meaningful, biblical conversations with those God has entrusted to us. In these drastically changing times, join us as we discuss the eternal truths of God's Word and relevant topics, as well as how to engage the next generation about these. It's true, discipleship starts with a conversation. So let's jump into a conversation starter right now. I first heard about the crisis in Afghanistan when I was at church a couple of weeks ago. I went to give a hug to a dear friend who is actually on the Family Disciple Me team. She is a godly woman and has four adult children, one of whom has served as a missionary with her family in the Middle East for about twenty years now. In fact, this missionary served with her husband and children in Afghanistan. For about ten years, my friend has often told me about what it was like when she went to visit her daughter and son-in-law and grandchildren in Afghanistan, and how difficult and dangerous it was, even during the past twenty years when the Americans were occupying that country. Well, when I went to give my friend a hug, I asked her how she was doing, and she said, "My heart is so burdened with what is happening in Afghanistan." She began to tell me what her missionary daughter, who is currently serving in another part of the Middle East, had been telling her and emailing her about that she was getting firsthand reports of from what was happening in Afghanistan, and just in the two or three moments that we had to briefly converse, my heart. Absolutely broke. She and I stood at the back of the sanctuary, and we prayed for the people of Afghanistan, the believers, the brothers and sisters in Christ, and and so many others who were struggling and and fighting for their lives. And that day, by the time it was the end of the service, I felt so compelled to call our church body to pray and intercede for the people on that side of the world. Well, the burden that I felt that first morning when my friend told me about what was happening has only compounded more and more and more. And I'm sure that as if you have watched the reports unfold, you can feel the burden and sense the need as much as I can. I have wept. 
I have cried. I have prayed. I have begged God on behalf of mothers and fathers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters and teenagers and children. And rising up within me has been the strongest conviction that we can do more as believers in Jesus Christ. Here in America, we are nestled into our own worlds. And yes, I have my struggles. My family has our issues. I know that you have your struggles. You have your issues. Our teenagers are going through very real struggles. Our families face our own crises. And yet, sometimes I think we become so myopic about our own needs that we neglect to do what we can for others in need. As I have prayed and processed, I felt that it was time to switch gears for Family Disciple Me and to direct us into a new discipleship conversation called Destinations, Passive or Prayerful. I continue to pray about it, and I said, Lord, you need to confirm that, and I need you to give me a passage of Scripture. Well, that evening, I was scrolling through ChristianPost.com, and I saw one of my favorite writers wrote an article that was published called No Time for Passivity, and I'll put the link to that article in the show notes. As I read that, God said, now, write it now. And I said, Lord, you have to show me what scripture you want for us to use for this discipleship conversation So the next morning, I got up, and he showed me the passage of Scripture. It's so apropos. God's Word is living and real. It's dynamic. It applies to our lives. It is amazing how this document, the story of God that was written down over hundreds and thousands of years and passed down through the generations, one upon another upon another to us, how relevant it is. For today, I found this passage in 2 Corinthians 1. Paul wrote this. This was his story, his story, Timothy's story, and listen to what he wrote to the people of Corinth. Before I read it, let me just remind you that the country of Afghanistan is located in Asia. Paul wrote, We do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. That's 2 Corinthians 1 verses 8 through 11. When I read that scripture and I think about the brothers and sisters in Christ who have had the sentence of death passed on them by the Taliban, my heart breaks. When I think about the young girls who are being taken away from their families and given as prizes to Taliban warriors, I can't fathom that. When I think about the husbands, the fathers who are handing guns, loaded guns to their wives and their daughters and saying, when the Taliban comes, you can choose whether you're going to shoot them or shoot yourself when it is that dire. 
I, I just, I have no words. When I think about families hiding in the hills, trying to find a way of escape from those who are hunting for their lives. When I think about the young boy who's taken away from his family, the young boy whose parents chose to follow Jesus even though they came out of a Muslim background, and now he's been stolen from them and his family has been slaughtered, and he's having to choose whether he's still going to hold on to Jesus or he is going to give in to the belief system that's being imposed upon him. My heart breaks. I look at my children. I think through each of their lives. I look at my my precious younger daughters and think about what it would be like to me if somebody came to the door and took them away. When I look at my husband and think about the threat that he would be and how immediately he would be annihilated, there's no words. There's no words. And yet, I have teenagers that are looking to me for answers. And friends, you have children that are looking to you for answers. This is not a time of easy answers. And yet, I am absolutely convinced that this is a time where we can allow God to work in our own lives. And then as we seek Him, we can turn around and speak Him into the next generation. Because see, here's the thing. We can be passive. We can just focus on our own lives, our own worlds, our own struggles, our own problems, and do nothing about those on the other side of the world. Or we can be prayerful. We can engage in prayer, in intercession, in supplication, in ways that God will use life by life by life on other side of the world. Our key verse in this discipleship conversation is 2 Corinthians 1.11, and I've already read the whole passage, but I want to read just this specific verse because Paul wrote, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. We can't physically touch or help every situation. We may not be able to physically help any of the people in Afghanistan right now. We may not be able to help the people in Sudan, the believers there who are being annihilated. We may not be able to physically, tangibly help the believers in China who are have neighbors who are being paid to spy upon them and turn them in so that they can be annihilated, disappear from the history of the world by the Chinese government that's getting rid of believers. There are so many places and spaces in this world that that we may never be able to touch. But this verse tells us that we don't have to be passive. We also can help others by prayer. As we become aware of these needs in other countries and in our own country, we can be passive or we can partner in prayer with those in need. I am convinced. I am convinced that we as believers in Christ can do more than get mad about the politics that are going on. Yes, get mad about the politics, get angry at the system, get angry at the Taliban, get angry at whomever you feel like you need to as long as it's righteous anger. But then do something. And God's word teaches that prayer is not passive, but it's active. We may not be able to touch physically other people's lives who are in need. But our great God can. He is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. He is the Lord of hosts. That means he rules the angel armies. 
So as we partner with him in prayer, I don't understand it. I can't fully explain it. My mind can't grasp it. But I know that he tells us to pray. And when we pray, all the power and the resources of heaven go to work on behalf of those for whom we're praying. Yes, friend, prayer is the opposite of passivity. Prayer is engaging the God of the universe on behalf of the needs of this world. And you know, as we are teaching and discipling our kids, what an amazing moment for us to lift our eyes as families and get our view off just our own lives and our own worlds and our own things that are happening and look to God on behalf of others. I would like to suggest something that I'm doing in my family, and I would encourage you to do in yours. I find it really helpful to set prayer alarms on my phone. My smartphone goes with me everywhere. The rings, dings, and chimes happen all the time. People are used to that. It's not a big deal if a phone goes off. It's just one more thing in the noise of life. I'll admit, I get distracted, but when my phone goes off... I pay attention. And so I have set my phone alarm for 4 p.m. I've set it as sort of the angelic harp alarm sound. You can choose whatever sound you want. But when that alarm goes off at 4 p.m., it reminds me to pray for. Instead of being passive, that alarm reminds me to be prayerful. And in that moment, that 4 p.m. alarm goes off, I pray for the believers. And the others in Afghanistan who are fighting for their lives, who are hiding, who are struggling, who are trying to escape the Taliban. I ask God to give me a picture. God, who do you specifically want me to pray for right now? With my family, I'm inviting them to do the same thing, to set their alarms for 4 p.m. so that they too will be reminded to pray for. I'm challenging them to seek God, by asking him how he would have them intercede on behalf of others. Talk about discipleship. This is where our faith gets real, when we stand in the gap on behalf of others. Will it make a difference? Will we see the fruit of our prayers? Will we see lives spared? Will we see girls rescued? Will we see fathers who get to keep their lives or mothers who get to hold on to their babies? Will we see families brought to freedom? Will we see Taliban warriors respond to the visions of Jesus and become believers themselves? Will we see the annihilation? of evil. Truth is, we may never know until eternity what our prayers accomplish, but we can be prayerful people, and the destination of prayerfulness leads us to God's throne to find the grace to help in the time of need. That's Hebrews 4.16. We have the opportunity to stand in the gap on behalf of others. We can do that, fellow Christians. We can pray and ask God to work and to move. And his word says this in the book of James, the prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. What would happen? What would happen if it wasn't just the prayers of a righteous person, but it was the multiplied prayers of righteous people, families, churches, 
ministries around our country and around our world who decided to do more than to be passive, but to pray for. Let's disciple the next generation about this. Let's have conversations as families about this. Let's not just ignore the problem or try to keep it under wraps so that it doesn't affect our families emotionally. Let's dive into it. It is a real world scenario. It's happening. So let's disciple our kids about this in Jesus' name. The link to the discipleship conversation that goes with this podcast will be available in the show notes. And I'm also going to publish in the show notes some specific prayer points that an Afghani pastor sent via my friend's missionary daughter. That pastor is on the ground. He is seeing what's happening. He is calling out to believers around the world with the exact same words as the Apostle Paul did. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Friends, let's be part of that great movement of intercession, supplication, and prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray for. Go with God, friend. Let's be prayerful people.